Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. Mike Schaefer here. Michael Brunts on the other end. Brunts, it is a big day for Nebraska football. Picked up a commitment from Thomas Fedoni. Their number one target since way back in November when they really, really made a big push early to, to let him know that he was going to be a priority. And Nebraska has been chasing this one for a while. Uh, I, I know the staff felt good way back in November and thought that that commitment could be coming then. Uh, let alone here we are in August and it has now just happened. Uh, this is a big deal, and Nebraska is getting a guy that isn't far from potentially being a five-star. And in conversations I had with Alan True earlier this week, that's a real possibility. So we're talking about a guy that could be ranked as high as, as anyone Nebraska's pulled in here in the last decade. What are, what are you kind of thinking here on uh, Thomas Fedoni Wednesday? Yeah, it, huge. I mean, when, when you land your, your big fish uh, and, you know, have to fend off some pretty darn good suitors to do that, it's huge. Um, you know, the Nebraska's kind of been uh, consistently filling up its class over the summer uh, without being able to have guys make visits. And, uh, you know, the, this is the, the big one. And, and the guy that I think can come in right away uh, and help Nebraska tight end. Uh, you hit on just kind of where he's ranked right now, just according to the 24-7 sports rankings, not the composite. Uh, he's the number 37 overall prospect in the country. And just going – I went back and, and kind of did some research on this. Uh, over the last 10 years, the 24-7 sports has been um, ranking prospects the only prospect that I could find according to only the 24 seven sports rankings that was rated higher was Braylon Hurd, who was number 31 overall. So Bedoni is rated higher than Wandale Robinson was uh, higher than Ty John Lindsay, uh, higher, higher than Turner Corcoran. So um, you know, he's, he's the number one tight end in the country. And, you know, I, I think it's a, a huge win for Nebraska. I think it's one that will, certainly catch the attention of some national type uh, recruits. I mean, I, I think Thomas Fedoni, even though he is kind of that no, nose to the grindstone type guy, uh, it is a big name. And um, it, it'll be kind of interesting to see, uh, you know, what the reaction uh, is as this kind of goes along nationally, but huge win for Nebraska. Yeah. And uh, just uh, one of those things where you know you set out in November like they had you make this guy a priority before really anyone else had, had come into the picture outside of uh, you know a couple other regional schools and then you see him kind of blow up and you just continue to build that relationship and I know it's a it's an adage that people get tired of hearing and certainly of a team that hasn't been particularly good as of late but you have to keep chopping wood and that's what Nebraska did in this recruitment and I think that's why you know, we're sitting here today talking about them landing a guy of this caliber. And so I, what, what is curious to me is that Thomas Fedoni, what he is as a tight end, is unlike anything they've brought in since his staff has, has assembled here at Nebraska. You go back to that first grouping, you had Justin McGriff, you had Gatarian Legrone, neither of those guys with the program anymore. Uh, you have Chris Hickman, the previous year he's now at wide receiver, and they didn't take anyone in the 2020 class. And so – you look at it, it's a pretty wide-open opportunity for Thomas Fedoni, and he is he represents 
you know, what this new age of, of football with spreading guys out and positionless football, he can be a wide receiver. He can be a tight end. He can play in line and, and pick off linebackers in the run game. And, and if you try to cover him with a linebacker, you know, good luck to you because I've watched this kid's footwork and it is as good as I've seen from a high school kid, regardless of whether we're talking tight end or wide receiver, he creates separation, not just with his speed, which is four, six, three, but, or four, six, six, but with his, uh, with his footwork too. I mean, there's just a lot to like here. It's such a big pickup for Nebraska. We'll we'll hear from, from Steve Wiltfong uh, a little bit later in the podcast, but uh, Steve kind of got in a little bit to, you know, what they saw from, from Thomas Fedoni at the, uh, the, the All-American Bowl Combine last January when things kind of really took off for him. And he hit on kind of what you said there. I mean, he, he's a, a real tough matchup for a, a linebacker, for a defensive back, you know, just a, a real special talent. And, you know, I, I think that when, when you look at Nebraska's tight end position, like you said, they don't, they don't really have somebody on that roster right now that, that kind of fits that same mold. I mean, right now you've got Jack Stoll, that's a little bit more of a bigger tight end. Uh, you know, you, you have the, the, the two kind of twin towers in, in Austin Allen and in Kurt Raftall. And, you know, finding a guy that you, that you can split out and, and really kind of create some issues with, I think would be, really good for this offense and and you know the I feel like we kind of have that that conversation we joke about it about you know Nebraska not using the tight end enough but you know that this is the the type of player that you're going to have no shortage of options with how you use it so that that I think is just going to give another uh dynamic uh or bring another dynamic to this offense that they haven't had the last couple of seasons when you you think about you know what Nebraska's done in a short amount of time with Scott Frost on the recruiting trail, you have Nick Henrich, you have Bryce Benhart, you have Wandale Robinson, you have Keyshawn Green, you have Adrian Martinez. Where does Thomas Fedoni kind of rank to you amongst the big gets that they've had so far? And and do you think this might be one of the biggest, not just in terms of the recruiting ranking, but they they beat out Iowa, who's produced significantly better tight ends in recent memory. But that wasn't even the team that I think ran neck and neck with Nebraska here. They beat out the former national champs, LSU, who I understand couldn't get Thomas Fedoni on campus. But they got a lot of bling over there in Baton Rouge right now. And I sure a lot of excitement about what Ed Orgeron and that program is doing. This feels like one of the bigger recruiting wins to me, if not the biggest in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, and it's – you know, as as challenging as this year has been for Nebraska with, with not being able to get guys on campus, I mean, this is a situation where I think, uh, you know, not having official visits in the spring and in the summer worked in Nebraska's favor. I mean, it is, as much as Nebraska, you know, certainly won this recruitment, um, you know, it might be a little bit more neck and neck if Thomas Fedoni is able to get down to LSU and make an official visit in the spring uh, or the summer. And I know from talking to uh, people in 24-7 Sports Network that uh, LSU was pretty disappointed that they weren't able to get him on campus because they felt like they had a pretty good relationship with him. It wasn't like, uh, you know, LSU was talking to him every day. And and when Thomas Fedoni, um, you know, picked Nebraska – 
he was pretty straightforward with LSU that he was really intrigued um, and, and really uh, appreciated their recruitment of him. And, and you know, the, I, I just think the, the circumstances finally worked in Nebraska's favor a little bit. So, um, you know, the thing I'm curious to see is if, you know, looking at what, what's ahead for Nebraska in the region and, and especially locally in that 2022 class, uh, you know, Thomas Fedoni's a name. He's a guy that, that hangs out with uh, and trains with a lot of these guys in, in 2022 who are national and like recruits. So what, what, I guess, is the residual effect of, of this decision and does that help Nebraska going forward? Yeah, I mean, this is – I don't know if we can we can overstate the impact this is a little bit locally where Nebraska is the last two big targets in state, Keegan Johnson to Iowa, Avante Dickerson to Minnesota. And then you turn around and it, it kind of feels like you've got this group here in, in 2022 with with Devin Jackson and, uh, you know, Deshaun Woods, you have Caden Helms, you got Michael Riley you know, impressionable guys, and they, they all know Thomas Fedoni. They've all kind of had a chance to work out with him. Uh, and, and they're watching as Keegan Johnson's leaving to go play for, for Iowa and, and Avante Dickerson to Minnesota. And you know they're thinking, well, maybe I don't have to go to Nebraska. Maybe there's other programs that are better fits for me. And then they see a guy that is well-respected, certainly amongst his peers, but also just seemingly uh, – from the people they work with. I mean, I, I talked to Steve Warren earlier today on the recruiting hour and the way that he kind of describes the work ethic that, that Fedoni has, I mean, and just kind of the fact that some of these kids like Michael Riley and, and Caden Helms sort of look up to him in the way that he's looking up to Noah Fant. Uh, it, it, it speaks volumes about the importance of keeping some of those guys around and we'll see you know, there was a, the exchange between Michael Riley and, and Thomas Fedoni on Wednesday. We'll see what that does if it, it helps bring in any of those guys. But it certainly reinforces the idea that Nebraska isn't ceding any territory to the rest of the Big Ten, uh, whether it's Council Bluffs or Omaha or, or really anywhere else. And when they get the opportunity to and the relationship can build the way that it has, they're going to be a formidable recruiting opponent, uh, just like anybody else in the Big Ten West. Should we, uh, right. should we hear from Steve Wiltfong after the break? Oh, well, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you the same question. I think, that, uh, I think it's time to get Steve on the horn. You want to handle this one? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pay some bills. Uh, and on the other side of that break, well, Steve Wiltfong, uh, I checked in with him uh, to, to learn a little bit more about Thomas Fedoni. Uh, we'll have that uh, when, uh, I guess in, in just a second here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back into the Husker 24-7 podcast. We're now joined by Steve Wiltfong, Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Steve, thanks for joining us. Appreciate the time. Yeah, man, what an exciting night in Lincoln, Nebraska. The Huskers go out and land the top-ranked tight end in the top 247 in Thomas Fedoni, Council Bluffs, Iowa, Lewis Central High School. 
not too far from your guys' campus there, less than an hour. I actually made that jump a couple years ago, visited Nebraska, then went to Council Bluffs and, and saw Max Duggan there uh, at the time uh, when he was playing quarterback. And, and that high school has really produced some guys uh, over the last couple years. Logan Jones going to Iowa last year, terrific defensive lineman, and, and now Fedoni, and then obviously Max Duggan. I, I, let's get into Fedoni a little bit. Obviously, you know, ranking-wise, you know, one of the top prospects that Nebraska's landed since 24-7 sports has been ranking prospects. You, you saw him for the first time uh, in San Antonio at the uh, All-American Bowl Combine. What is Nebraska getting there? I mean, what, what stood out to you the first time you saw him? I mean, obviously, you know, you look at the offer list, you know, any number of, of options around the country, but but what stands out to you most about him as a prospect? Well, we had Fedoni as a three-star, if I remember correctly, going into the All-America Combine in January. and There were a lot of college coaches that were telling us that we were real low on him and, and, and just that he was special. And he went down to that event, and he was terrific. Uh, the first thing that pops out with Fedoni is that he's a huge alpha personality. I mean, he is extremely confident, uh, but it's not false. It's not fake confidence. Uh, he goes out there and, and, and does his thing and performs uh, no matter the sport he's playing. And, and he put on a ter terrific performance. First, he tested well. He was one of the more athletic prospects in the Alamo Dome, regardless of position. He can really change direction. He's explosive. He can get off the ground. Uh, and and uh, then physically, he's got a big catch radius. There's a lot of potential with his size and frame. And then, you know, once the one-on-one -on -one started, he was a, a, just a nightmare uh, for for backers. And, and he's just a mismatch. Corners, I don't know who you can – you really – it would take a special kind of athlete in the secondary to match up with Thomas Fedoni with his skill set, athleticism, length, ability to go get the football and make things happen once it's in his hands. This is a big-time gift for Nebraska. They don't have a player like him on the roster. Um, they used the UCF offense and, and, and what they did with the Aikens kid um, who heard his name called in the NFL draft. Thomas uh, sees sees uh, him being utilized in, in, in that same way and, and I just think he, he's going to be a guy that, that Scott Frost and, and company are going to be able to be real creative with and, and, and get him. Get him uh, uh, he's, I mean, basically, he's a mismatch walking out onto the field. And, and, and so they're going to be able to do, do a lot of things with him, stretch the field with him, get him working in the quick passing game. For sure, in the red zone, he'll be a dominant player there. He's our number one tight end, man. We love him. I, I could gush about him all night. Uh, but a big get. He's an instant impact player for Nebraska. Uh, so uh, when he gets there, he's a guy that'll be able to count on from day one. You mentioned kind of the, the intangibles, and I think you know if you've spending time around him, you've seen him work out in, in, in these you know combine situations. Uh, he, he seems like he's just wired a little bit differently. I, I think that a lot of top prospects. I mean, what did you kind of? You know, note from him in San in San Antonio, and and then also from from your conversations with him as he kind of went through the recruiting process, and kind of how he approached things, and, and maybe a little bit differently, I guess, than than your kind of average uh, top prospect. Well, I think uh, Nebraska beat Michigan and LSU here, and if you look at LSU, they signed the number one tight end in in the country last year, and the highest ranked tight end in twenty four seven sports history. And Eric Gilbert, who would have been a five-star defensive lineman, and, and, and Eric Gilbert's going to be 
an instant impact player for LSU, replacing Thaddeus Moss and, and, and had almost 2,000 yards receiving as a junior and then helped Marietta win a state title as a senior with another uh, amazing campaign. The Gatorade National Player of the Year, and the reason why I'm gushing about Eric Gilbert is because Thomas Fedoni didn't care about any of that. He, he uh, was fine going to LSU if that's the school he chose, going in behind Gilbert, competing alongside Gilbert and seeing how he stacked up with, with another special player, and then teaming up with a player like Gilbert and uh, uh, being a dynamic duo. Now, obviously, he didn't do that. He's looking forward to coming to Nebraska and doing that with a guy like Omar Manning, the top-ranked junior college receiver in the country last year. Uh, I think he thinks Nebraska's on the way up with some of the playmakers they've landed over the last couple cycles, and he specifically mentioned Omar Manning. But he wasn't scared of Eric Gilbert. I think proximity really helped Nebraska. He wasn't able to take any visits. Uh, um, he wasn't able to go to Baton Rouge. He never made it to Ann Arbor. And, and so um, I think that the familiarity with Nebraska, the great relationship with the staff, um, several coaches, uh, and Nebraska really did a good job of um, not only explaining to him the impact he could have, but just quite frankly not annoying him uh, on the trail. I think that he's a guy that he's not trying to be on the phone with a college coach uh, for very long, uh, um, you know, short, sweet, to the point. How you doing? Doing great. We're doing well. What's new with you? Um, and, and just relevant, quick conversations. And, and he really jived with with Nebraska and sees it sees it as a program as a rise and sees it as a place where he can come in and, and make a big difference and and kind of be that that tight end that they're looking for on offense. And, and, and certainly they have a huge need for him. But just the fact that like he wants to play with great players. He's not intimidated by who else is there. Um, really stands out. He's currently committed to to play in in, in the uh, All American Bowl um, in, in January again in San Antonio. Um, what's kind of the the next step, I guess, that you kind of like to see from a, a prospect like Thomas Fedoni and in, in his uh, development and, and kind of you know how he can build on what he's already done. Uh, going into his senior season? Well, Fedoni's so explosive and, uh, I mean, just terrific ball skills and just a playmaker. I mean, it's just continuing to get, you know, faster and, 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 and just more dynamic. I mean, the strength and conditioning uh, will, will be big for him just to really see what they can get out of him. Um, I mean, we're talking about a, a guy that we think can hear his name called in the NFL draft first at his position. So it's really just getting to that potential and, 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 and shaving some time off his 40 and, and, and becoming that much more explosive. But he's already, I mean, he's ready made for the Big Ten and, and, and to come in there and, and be, be a guy that Nebraska can count on uh, in year one. So it's really now just, just uh, um, continuing to um, add athleticism and, and, and things of that nature. Get you out of here on this one, Steve. Appreciate the time again. Uh, with you know, kind of where this fits in with Nebraska's uh, 2021 class. Uh, obviously, uh, for a program like Nebraska, I guess the you know, the COVID-19 stuff is kind of throwing a wrench and getting guys on campus, and which is so huge uh, in Lincoln. But what does what does Thomas Fedoni, I guess, kind of mean for this class, and and, and what do you kind of see from this group? Uh, that Nebraska's got committed right now in, in 2021? 
Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, obviously he becomes the jewel of the class and Nebraska's trying to get into the top 25 for a third straight year. And, and Fedoni is a big step there. Um, you know, they, they add him to a Camonte Grimes. He's a six foot two, 205 pound uh, difference maker on both sides of the ball for Palmetto Ridge and, and, in Naples, Florida. Um, but, but he's, he's interesting. And, and, and then also, um, um, they, they have a receiver committed from Camden County in Georgia, who I think is an intriguing prospect and Sean Hardy, six foot three, one ninety. So they're getting, a, they're getting a lot bigger, um, uh, on the, on the perimeter, uh, in their passing attack. And, and obviously Latrell Neville's another six foot three, 200 pound body. So uh, they're adding some specimens in this class and some guys that have a lot of potential physically. Um, um, and, and, and Fedoni's the best of the bunch. Sounds good. Well, appreciate the time, Steve, obviously a, a huge gift for Nebraska. Thanks again. And, and really appreciate uh, all, all the insight on, on uh, Thomas Fedoni and, and kind of uh, what this means for Nebraska. Thanks for your time, man. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back, and a big thank you to Steve Wilkong for joining us here on the Husker 24-7 podcast. Always great to catch up with Steve. Bruns did an excellent job there. All right, so I, I want to, you know, as we, as we round out Thomas Fedoni day here on Husker 24-7 with this podcast, I do kind of want your thoughts on this, Bruns. What, what do you see as, as the big questions that now remain in terms of what Nebraska is doing recruiting wise. I mean, Steve Wolfong wrote and posted on, on Husker 24 seven that AJ Rollins is, is next up amongst the tight end targets and they could be done after that. We heard from James Carney that Nebraska could take three and that's what he was hearing earlier this month. How do you kind of see this, this potentially not necessarily shaking out, but do you, do you have any thoughts on what might happen here? Cause it seems like Nebraska has got two in-state tight ends and do they end up with both? Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting kind of situation that Nebraska finds itself in. I mean, I, I think, you know, signs pointing to, to A.J. Rollins, uh, you know, deciding quickly um, or, or pretty soon here. Um, you know, you look at Nebraska's depth chart at, at tight end uh, and kind of what they have there. You've got Vokaluk, you've got uh, Jack Stoll, Austin Allen, Kurt Raft, all those guys are, are farther along in their careers. And you, you basically have Thomas Fedoni right now as your other guy. So, you know, certainly you're going to take two. Uh, we, we've heard, um, you know, maybe three. And, and that's kind of, I guess, where Nebraska is in an interesting spot because you do have, still have a few spots on your uh, depth chart that, that need to be filled. You kind of have the interesting, I guess, context of, of – you know, the, the COVID stuff and whether or not you're going to have an expanded roster for a couple of years and what that means. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it feels like there's a couple of different ways that Nebraska could go with things. So 
I, I'm kind of of the opinion that, you know, if you have a guy in your area that you feel fits what you're looking for, um, you know, why not? I mean, I, I, I think, you know, James Carney has shown that uh, he can kind of play that tight end spot pretty well. Uh, we'll see kind of where he's at uh, once his senior year gets going. And, and A.J. Rollins, too, as a very athletic guy that could be a, an end or a tight end or uh, whatever. So they, they've got choices to make. And, you know, that class, are, are we still – looking at maybe 21, 22, does it get bigger? I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they're, break it down for me a little bit because I'm kind of all over the place here. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one that's all over the place. I, I think that I really believe that James Carney goes out and shows that he can be physical at the point uh, for, for blocking and that he can be physical with the ball in his hands as a, as a pass catcher. It's going to be hard for Nebraska to leave him off their board, especially the numbers he's putting up now uh, from an athletic standpoint. And then with A.J. Rollins, you kind of hit on something that's interesting. We haven't seen Nebraska land a defensive lineman yet in this class. And A.J. Rollins is a guy that could kind of grow into that position easier than I think James Carney could. And I think he's a better fit there, too. And so it could be an, an instance where you take all three and only one ends up as a tight end, the other ends up on the defensive side of the ball. Now, you hit on where Nebraska sits numbers-wise. You know, we've talked a lot about they were going to take 20 to 21, and I think that was the case. But now, and, and we haven't even had a chance to really have this discussion, and I think it's something we'll do later this week, if not early next with, with BC in tow, is just kind of walk through the ramifications of Nebraska and having all of those guys available and not losing a year of, of eligibility and what that kind of means for the roster and the potential crunch there, and if that means there could be a lot more attrition. And so – with Nebraska uh, in, in that regard, I almost wonder if it doesn't mean they just continue to, to take players because the numbers are going to be skewed anyways. And you're going to have, you know, seniors won't count towards your 2021 number. Uh, you're, you just have to be able to show the 85. You might have guys that could be leaving anyways. You've already you know, missed out on, on players um or or other ones but I, I just see it as you have kind of an opportunity to take some extra chances here and and to fire some extra bullets I don't know if they're necessarily going to stop at at 21 or 22 in the same way that they might have before and so uh what that means is where do they you know where do they want to add and I think it's largely going to be on the defensive side of the ball we know there's multiple defensive linemen that they're looking at uh really mostly on the west coast at this point but uh, some other ones, you know, down south too. And then, uh, you know, Steve Wilpon popped by with an update on, I think it is John House. I don't know for sure if I'm pronouncing that last name correctly, but that's a defensive back that's actually coming to Lincoln to check out campus, you know, and, and see it for himself, even though he can't be around the coaching staff. He's doing the same thing that Marquise Buford did, and Nebraska ended up with a commitment there. Could they take another DB? and? that might result in someone like Kobe Bretts ending up as a linebacker, you know, so there's, there's a lot of different ways they can kind of close this thing out or, or however they want to do. I just don't think there's a lot of definitive answers as to how far they'll go past that 21 or 22, because they're going to want to keep some spots potentially for some junior college guys or transfers of their own uh, next spring. And so just a lot to, to kind of suss through with Nebraska here, which isn't ever a surprise. I mean, I feel like that's always kind of the case, but, as we move past the Big Ten's cancellation and the NCAA's announcement of, of roster eligibility, 
it you know, scholarship math was never anything I was going to pass with flying colors. Right now, Brunts, I I might just fail. It, it's it's kind of difficult to figure out how Nebraska is going to make this situation work for themselves. Yeah, and it's you know you, you mentioned kind of the spring stuff. I mean, I, I think it makes sense to to hold a scholarship or two for for JUCO guys. I I think that the the transfer portal is going to be packed um, if you have schools carrying uh, you know basically five classes worth of, of, of full scholarships. So I, I that that's one thing that would give me a little bit of pause uh, if I'm Nebraska because I, I think there's going to be a lot of guys in that portal that are going to be um, looking for new spots. So you know that we can definitely get into that in another podcast um, and get up, get out the dry erase board and the abacus and kind of start moving some things around. But um, I agree. I mean, I, and I guess kind of going along with that too, when you kind of start talking about, you know, guys that you take and kind of wondering who's going to stick around. I mean, I think it's helpful when you have guys from the region or in-state guys uh, as the ones you're kind of taking in a class because I think you're less likely to see them uh, transfer or try to go somewhere else uh, if the, the depth chart gets a little bit more crowded than it would be normally. Yeah, I I think that we're just going to have to kind of wait and see and, and really kind of see what pops up. And, again, just a, another nice win for Nebraska today with, with Thomas Fedoni and, and certainly someone – that we're going to be really excited about when Nebraska actually – it's on the schedule. We don't know about winter football yet. We don't know what the Big Ten is going to actually do there. But Thomas Fedoni, as it would sit right now, his first game could be over in Ireland. And it wouldn't be shocking if we're talking about a guy, because he's already pretty well built, that could be playing very, very early in his career. So uh, a big, big day for Nebraska, uh, a big, big day – in terms of their, their future outlook on that offense. And, you know, I just – we haven't even mentioned this yet. Another big target for Adrian Martinez, Luke McCaffrey, Logan Smothers, Heinrich Harburg. I mean, another guy that's, that's big, tall, and athletic to go get the ball. It seems like Nebraska, much like they did with their offensive line brunts, has really changed the way that this offensive skill set uh, with these players looks like from a physical standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you go back to what Scott Frost said last year at the wide receivers, and I think it, it's, it, it wasn't just wide receivers that he was talking about either. I think it, it, tight ends was part of that too, where you needed guys who were more explosive, you needed more size, you needed guys that were physical and could get the ball in traffic and, and create separation. And, and based on everything we've discussed and, and heard from Steve Wiltfong uh, last segment, uh, that, that's definitely what they're getting um, with Thomas Fedoni. Yeah, absolutely. All right, any final thoughts here for you? Uh, no, I'm going to start studying up on my, my scholarship math, though. I feel like I, uh, I need to cram a little bit on that. You know, because he didn't make the podcast, I'm starting to wonder if Thomas Fedoni is the new Jack Stoll for Brian Christopherson. <laughs> He's just anti-tight end. We, we, we really? figured out that's, that's what the issue is. That could be what it is. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm not willing to, to rule that one out. Maybe we'll have to let him speak for himself the next time that we get together. Uh, we might have another podcast this week. If not, we will for sure be back next week. Still plenty of things going on with Nebraska football. And, of course, check out all of the coverage. We're going to have plenty of stuff uh, on Thomas Fedoni, I would imagine, for a little while. Brunson and I and BC are all going to be hitting high school games this week 
going to see several of Nebraska's commitments. Plenty of good stuff here, Brunt. So even though no college football season, I feel like you and I are going to be pretty busy. Yes. I, uh, the, the work does not stop, even though the Big Ten has decided to stop. <laughs> and we're not going to stop either. All right. We will uh, we'll be back with the next podcast sometime soon. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.